0: You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Forfeit your game before somebody else takes you out of the frame. Put your
1: name to shame, cover up your face. You can't run the race, the pace is too fast, you just
0: won't last. What's up and welcome back to the Locked on Bucks podcast. I'm James Yarko joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at Locked on Bucks, at Jay underscore Bucks, at DH82 underscore Bucks, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Voicemail extravaganza part three. David,
2: let's do it. Hey, James and David, it's Chef Ferrer and calling you. Yeah, now day three and the whole NFL draft is wrapped up, Uh thought I'd give my thoughts on uh, the... Day three picks. Uh, I love the Anthony Nelson pick. That guy looks like he's a blue chipper. He can play defensive end and probably outside linebacker. So kind of uh, gives a uh, depth uh, piece on uh, both positions. And uh, from his tape so far, he's got a hell of a motor and loves to, uh, just loves to bring the boom. When it comes to the kicker, I don't understand that, but you know what? If he ends our kicking lows, then it is what it is. I think he could have got undrafted, but I don't know. But, uh, I'll just leave it at that. And, uh, who else did we get? Uh, I know we got a defensive tackle, uh, I can't remember his name, but, uh, he's a big boy. I don't know if he's a nose tackle or if he's a, a free tech type of tackle, but saw some, uh, film on him as well. And, uh, uh, he's, uh, got a, uh, looks like he's another one with a big motor. So that should be a, a good depth piece type of, uh, signing. And, uh, the wide receiver, uh, Patty Miller, I think, uh, sounds like a John Brown type of guy. So that should definitely fit there. That should definitely fit area er- involved, And, uh, James, make sure that you uh, keep uh, screenshotting or look back in at all the tweets because we need to put a huge slam on everybody that has basically said how bad this draft was and not let them live it down and need to have me so much damn crow at the end. I cannot wait for that to happen and pray to God it does.
1: All right. I'm going to go first because I'm going to let you and Chef have your moment, but I wanted to get in here real quick. I think Paige Demacos. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to tag her in this episode because she, if you look at her Twitter name, it's Petty Page. She absolutely loves the petty. And I'm I'm not gonna hold you, James, or Chef back from any type of petty retribution when the time comes. I'm all about it. I just don't participate in it. Yeah, I, I like the Nelson pick. Um again, we've we've kind of covered what the defensive line might look like. Listen, if if Todd Bowles isn't worried about what he's got on the defensive line, then I'm not worried. And if he's worried, he's not telling anybody that is telling us that he's worried. So that's how I'm going to operate for right now. As far as everyone continuing to be negative, I'm going to enjoy my my Devin White as a linebacker in my Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You guys can choose to jump on the bandwagon whenever you want. The good thing about football bandwagons or ships, as you want to call it with the Buccaneers, is they're fictional, so they're never too far away for you to jump on. So whenever you're ready, come join the party. Hit me up on Twitter. We'll celebrate together. I'm not going to throw it in your face. however. James, I'm just going to mute myself and let you have at it.
0: Have it, have it. What, what aspect of this are you you expecting me to, to go on a rant about,
1: I don't know about the rant. I'm just saying, I I know you and chef are on the same page as far as taking names and, and waiting to, to, uh, to kick ass when the time comes.
0: Well, I mean, it it just, it'll go back to the fact that, you know, exactly what I've already said on here was, you know, through this entire process, everybody wanted to talk about what a terrible pick it would be to to take Devin White, and and you don't take a line an off ball linebacker at that spot, and you know positional value and blah, blah 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 blah. So I'm I just you know want people to remember, you know, when they're jumping up and down and cheering about how Devin White is is the best player on the defense, or or Devin White is you know the best middle linebacker in football, whether that's, you know, three years from now, four years from now, five years from now. I, I told you all when I wrote, you know, the the re the fan reaction piece, I was keeping a list. And you know what? If if they turn out to be right, I'm sure they will serve me plenty of crow. But, you know, coming from somebody with a culinary background that has done plenty of cooking and plenty of serving, I can dish out a pretty hefty portion of Crow myself. So as far as what they did in day four, you know, I, I get it. I, I do like the um, the kid out of Iowa, second in the Big Ten in sacks. I think he had, was it was it seven or nine last season? I, that's, a, that's an effective pass rusher. It's a guy that's going to be in a rotation, you know, probably right out of the gate yeah, he's, he's not going to be a starter, but he, he has the upside. He has the capability to become that NFL starter right now in in his rookie season, he'll, he'll be more of a contributor, but you know, again, we, we're not going to know how this draft class is going to play out for another couple of years. I mean, last year was the first time that, you know, under Jason Light, that every draft pick made the 53 man roster. Like, that hasn't happened before. So let's let's all just kind of take a deep breath and and see how things play out. And you, we we all know that there's going to be a, a gem that they found in undrafted free agency. It might be that running back, Bruce Anderson. So, you know, he's going to have an opportunity. And, and we know Jason Light has done a pretty solid job of finding some of these undrafted free agents. Cam Bright, Adam Humphreys, uh, JV and Elliott, you know, some of the, the guys that come to mind in – you know, in recent memory. So, you know, Peyton Barber, obviously. So, you know, everybody just kind of take a deep breath. We'll see how things play out. And like we talked about on the last episode with when, when Layton called in having these dual practices with, with, you know, such a huge coaching staff, they're more likely to find the right guy to, To take the job because everybody's going to be getting an equal amount of snaps rather than, you know, this guy sitting on the sideline and only taking 5% of the snaps because of where he falls on the depth chart. Well, he could be a star. But he's not getting the opportunity to shine.
1: Yeah, and, you know, the last thing I'll say is something that, that I thought was interesting from Chef's voicemail is, is Terry Beckner Jr., the, the rookie out of Missouri that they drafted. And because he, he played defensive tackle in Missouri, and that's what he was, I think was that's what he was announced as at the draft. But the Buccaneers have him listed as as a defensive end, So that's something to kind of keep an eye on. And he's a guy who was supposed to be a, a really good player, you know, uh, when Missouri got him and, and all that stuff. But he's just been riddled with injuries. And then, you know, any any guy who who goes through as many injuries as he suffered in college is just not going to pan out to be what everybody expected him to be. But you look at the history with the Buccaneers and being able to draft guys coming off of injuries and be successful. Again, I mean, Kendall Beckwith, you know, notwithstanding, I mean, his injury that's potentially or what we think is causing him his career was did not happen on a football field. But you look at him coming out of LSU and the injury that he suffered, a lot of people didn't want to draft him because of that injury. Well, apparently Buccaneers doctors or the, the doctors they had check out Kendall Beckwith gave them enough confidence to be able to spend draft capital on him and think that he would be OK. And it turned out that he he was. Terry Beckner Jr. is another guy. If if these same doctors are giving him not a clean bill of health, but looking at the Buccaneers saying that you have a reasonable chance of him being healthy. This is a guy who really has only played football for like a year, year and a half uh, in, in recent times. So there's a lot of untapped potential probably in a guy who is a top 10 national recruit coming out of high school and they just got him for very low draft capital. So the risk reward there again, no risk, no biscuit, right? If Beckner checks out all the medical blocks and if he can come in and if these these NFL trainers can get him in NFL shape and if Todd Bowles can really accentuate his positives, this is a dude that can could develop into a three four replacement, not being, you know, alone or not three four, the three tech replacement, not, you know, alone by himself, but in some sort of rotational fashion. They, he's a guy who they could potentially use, again, if he can stay healthy and Todd Bowles can tap into that potential that he wasn't able to get uh, in Missouri because of those injuries. So just food for thought.
0: All right. Well, David, let's hear what our next caller has to say.
2: Hey, boys. It's uh, Canyon from Denver. Man, I keep on looking over these draft picks, and I can't help but, uh, but catch myself grinning, you know. Uh, got the boy Devin White. Uh the other one that, that really stands out for me is uh Jay, our kicker. Seen some uh seen some tape on this kid and he has got a leg and it's ridiculous. Uh excited to see what he can do. Um outside the Bucks, I think my favorite pick was probably Dalton Reisner going to uh going to the Broncos. Mainly because I can go out to the practice facility and uh see what he can do. But uh with Mike Munchek grooming that kid, uh I sky's the limit for him. Anyway guys, go Bucks and have a good day. What's up, boys? Tyler from Boston. I just want to say I love the onions on uh, Jason Light for drafting a kicker in the sixth round. I mean, I know a lot of people are either, you know, afraid of his track record with drafting kickers or people think that that position is something that doesn't be drafted. So because I like Jason Light, I really hope that this pick works out and uh, hopefully that our kicking woes will finally go by the wayside. Thanks.
0: All right. Canyon, Tyler, thank you for the calls. Yeah, first and, and and quickly, you're definitely gonna find two big uh two big Reisner fans here. Hope hope he does really well out there in Denver. Wish him nothing but the best. All right, David, I am not gonna harp on this for very long. In fact, this may be the only time I address this at all. Because I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna deal with the with the nonsense and the bull crap. Yes, Jason Light, for the second time in his tenure, has drafted a kicker. No, that was more than likely, and, and I'll, I'll put that you know 0.01% chance, that was more than likely not his decision alone. I would love to see, and, and maybe, David, you can help me with this, I would love to see over the last five years, the number of fifth-round picks that made the NFL roster of the team that drafted them and their average career length with said team. We are talking about the fifth round. Okay. Yes. You can find players that contribute in the fifth round. Richard Sherman was drafted in the fifth round. That's fantastic. Not every fifth round pick is going to be Richard Sherman. I love what Jason Light said. He said, if you draft a wide receiver or you draft a a running back or a cornerback and you miss on those, you know, are you supposed to not draft one a few years later to try to fix that? Obviously, I'm paraphrasing. I don't have this exact quote in front of me, but that's a solid point. This is a player that is supposed to be on the field to score points, and the Bucks have been sorely lacking in that exact thing for the basically ever since Matt Bryant left. That's what this boils down to. So, yeah, I, I was a big fan of, of Cairo Santos, and you know, I thought he was going to be the kicker. Apparently, there's going to be a competition. Why not draft a guy who has an incredibly strong leg? And I saw somebody whining and complaining, oh, well, you know, look at look at this decline and da-da-da-da-da. And, and you know, he didn't have as good of stats from 40-plus as Pat Murray and blah-blah-blah. Okay, well, did you take into account that some of those kicks were blocked? You know, I think it was almost half of his misses from 40-plus were blocked. That's not on him. That's on the line in front of him. So... Stop overanalyzing a a pick for a kicker. It's a freaking kicker. Every team has one. Some of them are good. Some of them are not. Period. Two teams in that same round traded up for a punter, but they get passes. Why? One, because it's the Niners and nobody's ever really actually paying attention to them. But the other is Bill Belichick and the Patriots traded up for a punter. Is he going to get any flack? Absolutely not. So, two punters, two kickers taken in round five. So it is what it is. There will be a competition. If if Matt Gay wins that competition, fantastic. Thrilled for him. If not, oh, well, chalk it up as one of the other, I don't know, 25 fifth round players that didn't make their roster.
1: The good news is there's no bust here in the fifth round. Um, you're just a guy who didn't make it if that happens. Now, uh, yeah, I give a lot of respect to Jason Light for drafting a kicker because... He knew what was going to happen as soon as he he turned in that card. And I would think that if he turned in that card, uh, I mean, for one, I don't think he actually cares. But also, you know, someone in that room really liked what, what Matt brings to the team. And Bruce Arian's reference that you talked about. it. I mean, this is the position that scores the most points for your team every single year. So, you know, could they have gotten Gay as an undrafted free agent? Possibly, potentially. But why not spend draft capital... On a, on a in, a in a round where, like you said, most of those players aren't going to actually make your roster anyway. To secure the guy you want versus hoping to wait until you know undrafted free agency hits, and now you're you're bidding against other teams potentially, and you may not get the guy that you want. So uh, it is it is what it is. There is a little bit of concern. I just I read over his draft profile, and his draft profile has a little bit of concern about how slow it takes for him to get up to the ball, and that might be a contributing factor to some of those blocks. If it Look, Cairo Santos wasn't released, right? Not not to my knowledge. No. Yeah, so he's still on the roster. So, I mean, if Santos is better than Gay, then he'll make the team and Gay won't. If that happens, then what you can say is, okay, the coaching staff brought in competition to make Cairo better, and hopefully that's what happens. If Santos loses out to the rookie, then you just drafted a starter with your fifth-round pick, and not only a starter, but a starter who's going to score more points than anybody else on your team. Uh, fantastic, and not for nothing, guys. This drop in accuracy from like forty to forty-eight. Honestly, I don't think Bruce Arians, unless it's like fourth and twelve. <laughs> once, once the Bucks hit the thirty, anything less than fourth and five, I will be surprised if the Bucks don't go for it. Okay, that's a fair. So, point. to me, you're really not even looking for a field goal kicker to hit between you know forty and forty-eight all that often. You're looking at your field goal kicker to hit thirty to thirty to forties or 50 plus and this guy's got a leg like canyon said so i don't know it's it's a really small thing to freak out about as far as i'm concerned i really just liked canyon referencing jason light's onions
0: that was that was
1: was interesting well done well done moving on (laughs) i don't ever get to do that so i'm going to do it this time
0: here we go hey hey, do what you got to do man
2: hey james hey david it's brandon from philly Um, I'm a Bucs fan, long-time listener, first-time caller. Um, I just want to know, what's your guys' thoughts on our day two and day three picks, Um, really day two with all the defensive backs we have Um, currently on the roster and the new ones we just drafted? Like I I tend to think about it as Todd Bowles, looked at our hits out of the ball and just realized, like, hey, I don't like none of these guys. None of these guys fit my system, or maybe these guys are just not Good. If so, what do you what do you make of that? Like, what's your thoughts on that? Is that just hey, we need better players that are just faster? They run, they all run four three, four fours, or they're clearly the guys we had on our team are just not good. i would love to know your insight on our defensive back picks and Todd Bowles' perspective on our draft. Thanks.
1: Uh, we've kind of already covered this, but yeah, I, the I, the way I look at it is that Todd Bowles more than Bruce Arians, but Todd Bowles and Bruce Arians in agreement said i don't like the way the secondary is constructed and looking at the film because remember they they said at that fan event that they looked at the film from the 2018 season and not just the game film they looked at the camp film and they looked at the otas and they looked at every preseason game and they looked at every regular season game and every single practice from 2018 if a buccaneers player did it in 2018 this coaching staff watched it so What that led to was moving MJ Stewart to safety. Listen, they're not moving MJ Stewart to safety because they just think he's going to be a really good safety. They're moving MJ Stewart to safety because they realized he's not going to be a good cornerback. Uh, I I definitely think MJ Stewart's job is on the line um, this rookie year more than just in the usual fashion of everybody's in competition. No, I think MJ Stewart is kind of on the short list of you're probably on your way out unless you can show some stuff at safety because – I mentioned this to you, but MJ is going to have to bring something to the table that he hasn't brought yet. We'll see if he can do it. I mean, it's it's you know, it's kind of fighting for your career out there. Don't be wrong if he moves on from the Bucks, I'm sure someone will scoop him up. But the Buccaneers went out and they signed two more safeties. They drafted another safety. They drafted a corner who could feasibly move to safety, Dale Buchanan who plays a short uh, box safety role. They are looking to shore up the back end of this defense in the cornerback room, in the cornerback group and in the safety position. That's where their eyes are focused. That's where they feel like this is the weakest for this team. That's a very clear message. I don't think there's any mistranslation involved in it. And again, like I said on yesterday's episode with Layton's vo- uh, voicemail talking about the two practices, they're going to find out. You know, I don't know how many corners they're going to want to carry. I don't know how many safeties they're going to want to carry. But let's say they carry a combination of nine or I don't know eight, right? If they keep a combination of eight defensive backs. They're going to get their eight best defensive backs on the field. Public opinion be damned. That's what's going to happen. And I'm, I'm here for it because none of these players are going to be able to walk away when they do get cut or when they do get traded or, or whatever, put on the practice squad, saying that they didn't get the opportunity to show that they could be the future of this team. So I'm all for it. Uh, iron sharpens iron. All those cliches. Uh, go Aria. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I don't want to rehash too much of that because we did talk about it a lot on yesterday's episode, but I will say as far as day three is concerned, I'm really excited to see what Scotty Miller can do, and it's because I was so excited to see someone from Bowling Green State University drafted to the Bucks. This is the second Bowling Green player to play for the Bucks because Jude Ajay Barima also went to Bowling Green State University, which is also where my sister graduated from college, so I think it was pretty cool. You know, it's it's a Mac school in in northern Ohio. Yeah, they obviously don't turn out a ton of of NFL talent. So I just thought that was pretty cool to see come across the screen. You know, a little, you know this this little five foot ten wide receiver from Bowling Green who oh just so happens to run like a four three seven forty. This kid is blazing fast. So I'm really excited to see how they use him um, or how Bruce Arians uses him. In this offense. Other than that, you know, I don't want to rehash too much of the secondary stuff. Um, I, I agree with everything that you just said, and I agree with everything that I said yesterday. You know
1: what Scotty Miller is? He is a check-with-me dream. That is what he is. <laughs> if he can make the roster and get on the field. I mean, you put this dude in the slot, and that cornerback is playing off, and that linebacker oh, is shaded yeah. over. That is a check-with-me inside slant all day long but let's say the yeah. corners playing press and that safety is playing single high then you have the options for you know you have you have bubble screens you've got reverses you've got all i mean that dude like his physical traits and his toughness just just set up for so much versatility for this offense if he can live long enough to play football <laughs> at the nfl level
0: his girlfriend was not happy about the fact that he was a second team All Mac when he was in. He led the Mac in receptions and yards last year and was third in the Mac in touchdowns. But he was named second team All Mac. His girlfriend, uh, I cannot remember her name and I'm a little disappointed in myself right now. She is a student athlete, she's a gymnast at Rutgers. So she go runs down. the house is what you're saying.
2: Hey, guys, this is Jess in Iowa. A huge Bucks fan as long as a huge Iowa Hawkeye fan. Uh, so, David, I know you might have some saltiness uh, from that whooping that the Hawks put on your Buckeyes a few years ago. But my question to you is, uh, since the Bucks are in some serious need of cap space, um, are the Buccaneers now going to move on from Will Golson after the drafting of Anthony Nelson? Uh, it seems like a lot of Anthony's strengths are very similar to uh, Will's strength. Uh, can't wait to hear you guys' takes, and go Bucks.
0: He got you so good.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I can't even be mad at that. You're good. <laughs> well, by all means, fire away. I'll let you take this one first. So, Will Golston, listen, uh, when I joined the Pewter Plank way back in the day, one of the first things I wrote, actually, I that, that might be a lie. I don't know. I wrote a thing about Will Golston not, not that long ago. Uh, it was his contract year, so that's when it was. Talking about how he could be potentially one of the future cornerstones, keystones, whatever you want to call it, to this defense. Boy, was I wrong. Will Golson still serves a purpose? But he's nowhere near what I thought he he looked like. He was he kind of looked like he was on an upward swing, and I thought he was gonna develop into something better than he has. Uh, I don't think he's uh, for this team. I don't think he's worth the the money that he's getting paid uh, when you consider production versus you know how much of the cap he's eating. I don't think it's it's a worth. Worthwhile investment. I don't know the numbers off the top of my head to be honest with you. To speak about uh, dead cap and and how much money he's already been paid and so on and so forth. So I'm not really going to talk about that. What I would say is that if Will Golston were to get moved for a cap, you know, situation or a cap mover or, or just to clear roster space, I wouldn't really like. I'm not. I'm not going to shed a tear about it. I like Nelson out of bio.
0: Yeah, I don't think uh, Will Golston's future is in doubt all that much. Yeah, their their skill sets may be somewhat similar, but they're both rotational guys. So, you know, I don't really see one being the the cause of the other being shown the door. I think if we're talking about defensive linemen who are in jeopardy of leaving, uh, it would be obviously Gerald McCoy, which we talked about on a quick little mini episode yesterday because of that salary versus production. And the other one is, and I say this is far less likely at this point in time now, would have been Jason Pierre-Paul again because of that salary. His production matches his salary a little bit more than Gerald McCoy's does, but you're still talking about some hefty, hefty salaries there. So, you know, I I think Goldston will probably stick around again. Rotational guy, depth piece. Like you, David, I expected more out of him. I expected there to be a little bit more developed. I expected there to be a next step. But again, when you're working with a completely inept uh, defensive coaching staff and a way over his head out of his league defensive coordinator you know players tend to suffer a little bit so let's see what he can do with uh with Todd Bowles and uh and Todd Bowles scheme he may fit better in that three four scheme anyway so David does that get us all caught up on voicemails here
1: yes that's that's the last of our voicemails for now for now
0: but of course make sure you're sending us your voicemails to 813-444-5841 and in fact we're going to start doing some crossover episodes with the locked on hosts of the nfc south teams so why don't you send us your voicemails of what you think the saints the falcons and the panthers did in the draft how you feel they uh they improved their teams, and we'll start. Uh, we'll start getting a little bit of a gauge as to what's going on in the NFC South. Make sure you're checking out everything going on over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you're following along on Twitter at LockedOnBucs at JArco underscore Bucs at DH82 underscore bucks, and at Bucks underscore Nation. We would like to thank you all for being a part of this show for sending in your voicemails for sending in your takes. We really, really appreciate it. Hope you all have a safe, wonderful, enjoyable day. And thanks so much for joining us right here at Locked on Bucks.